Well, there was a lot of bad from the Eagles' 38-20 loss to the Vikings yesterday in Minnesota. Just an awful game all around. I got the Hall of Famer Ray Dittinger to help me break down this absolute mess. Ray, good morning. There's so much that went wrong, but when you walk away from this game, what do you think the Eagles need to improve the most to make sure that they are competitive the rest of the season? Well, you go in a lot of different directions, but I think the most obvious one uh, is the pass defense. And... uh, the defense overall, but the pass defense in particular, um, give up way, way too many big plays. I mean, I've already given up more 40-yard-plus pass plays this year than they did all of last season. Uh, and it was never more in evidence than it was yesterday. I mean, it's, it seemed like whenever the Vikings needed a big play, all they had to do was either dial up Diggs or Thielen, and they were, they were wide, wide open. I mean, there were plays where both guys were wide open, where, you, where Kirk Cousins had his choice. I could throw to this guy for a touchdown, or I could throw to that guy for a touchdown. Uh, and when your defense is that leaky in today's NFL, you got real problems. And and Ray, when you when you look at that pass defense, where do you start with fixing it? Do you do you do you get some other players in there? Do you try to make a trade? How how what's the first thing Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz should do to fix that pass defense? Well, um, a lot depends on what's happening in the training room. And I mean, you've got some other bodies that you're expecting back at some point. The question is when. Um, I mean, right now you're playing with Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones, who probably didn't project as your two starting cornerbacks anyway. They looked like they were going to be backups anyhow. Uh, but you're missing all those other guys. And they're, you, you expect that you're going to get Ronald Darby back at some point. You're sure you're going to get Avante Maddox back at some point. Jalen Mills is supposed to come back, and Cravon LeBlanc. Uh, that's, four, that's four cornerbacks that aren't IR'd for the season. You're expecting them back at some point, but you just don't know when. Uh, Jalen Mills seems to be the closest, and they're talking about the fact that he might be ready for the Dallas game. Uh, but I think what you've got is it's it's pretty obvious that Rasul Douglas, uh, he's he's a tough matchup against fast receivers. He just can't run with those guys like Diggs. And then on the other side, Sidney Jones, who anybody that saw him play in college knows that he has talent. But right now in his third season, he's playing with no confidence, and uh, and teams are just taking it. you get a veteran receiver like Thielen out there, and, and they take advantage of that. Yes, yeah, Sidney Jones is, is is an interesting case there, Ray, because, like you said, coming out of the draft in 2017, he was supposed to be a first-round pick if it wasn't for that serious Achilles injury, and the Eagles thought, despite the fact that he was hurt, they were getting kind of a steal in the second round, a first-round player in the second round because of that injury. But you're right, he, he really hasn't played with any type of confidence. Where do you think that stems from? Um, well... The injury, I think, was, was, a, was a big part of it. He's never really gotten he's never really gotten his game back from then. But you know, you can't really question the Eagles' evaluation on him as a talent. If you saw him play at the University of Washington, he was the best cornerback in that draft before the Achilles injury. Now, an Achilles injury for a cornerback can be a devastating injury, uh, and the doctors will tell you that he has recovered. Uh, and all the tests and everything, it all—it seems like he should be back to where he was. But the fact is, he's not. Um, and and right now, and he's when he has had the opportunity to play with the Eagles, he has not played well. And I think right now, for the first time in his life, he's he's lost his confidence. I mean, he was a guy that when he played at Washington was absolutely played with a total swagger. I mean, he was a guy that week after week covered the other team's best receiver and shut him down. I mean, he was in, at the, at least at the collegiate level in the Pac-12, he was a shutdown corner. Uh, and he hasn't been that in the NFL, and he doesn't even look like the same guy. And it's all from confidence. I really, I really do believe that. And he, 
The only way he can rebuild that, the only way he can get back to being that other player, is if he has some success. But And the Eagles gave him an opportunity yesterday. They really needed him to step in and play, but that was a tough situation. And when, when you got a secondary that has as many issues as the Eagles secondary has now in terms of man-to-man coverage, then you need to cover it. You need to have a great pass rush to cover it up. And yesterday they didn't get the, against the Jets. They did, but yesterday against the Vikings they did not. Kirk Cousins had all day to throw, and he had all sorts of targets to throw to. Ray, this could get out of hand easily. I mean, they got the Cowboys coming up, and the Cowboys are are a mess right now. So that might not be as. I mean, it's a NFC East, so it's always a tough game. But maybe the Eagles are getting the Cowboys when they're going through a rough point of the season. And then you got the Bills, and then the Bears, the Patriots are coming up rather soon. I mean, this could get really bad for the Eagles if they don't turn it around quickly. And they were supposed to be Super Bowl contenders going into the season. So considering that, and considering the way they're playing now, especially in that secondary, do you risk a first, second, high draft pick to get cornerback help? Well, this is sort of a... An Andy McPhail question, isn't it? I mean, we're sort of, this is almost like we're discussing the trade for Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> you know, you think, how good is your team? And realistically, what's our chances of making the playoffs? And is it worth paying the price we would have to pay to go out and get a veteran player that could step in and fill the breach? Um, that's kind of where the Eagles are right now. I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of it depends. I'm, these discussions are ongoing down there. I'm, I'm sure that they're discussing it even today about what's available who's on the trade market, and what it would cost to bring him in. You get, I mean, there's, it's fairly well known that Arizona seems to be shopping Patrick Peterson around, who, who has been, over most of his career, one of the top cornerbacks in football. Uh, I believe that Chris Harris is available out in Denver. He's a guy in the last year of his contract. Broncos aren't really going anywhere. I mean, those are two veteran cornerbacks that could come in here and immediately improve the situation in your secondary. But they would, get, they would come at a price. Um, you have to weigh that against the guys who are injured and when you think they're going to be available to you. And when they come back, how ready are they going to be to play? And that's what the Eagles have to be discussing right now. Because, I mean, the one thing that they do know for sure is that the secondary, as they have it now, can't really be competitive against good passing teams. And if there was ever any doubt about that, it certainly got exposed yesterday in Minnesota. I got one more question in regards to the defense, Ray, and it it deals with kind of off-the-field, on-the-field stuff. If you're Doug Peterson this morning, or whenever the next time you see your players, what do you tell Zach Brown, who said the comment about Kirk Cousins on Friday about how he's the weakest part of the of the Vikings offense, and then comes out and throws four, four touchdowns, and then Zach Brown really doesn't even want to talk about Kirk Cousins after losing yesterday. If you're, the, if you're one of the Eagles coaches, what do you tell Zach Brown this week about what he said Friday and how he handled himself after the game? Shut up and play. That's it. I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, it was. It was. It was. A, it was a dumb thing to say. Even if you had been able to go out and back it up. I mean, even if Zach Brown had gone out and played really good, and the Eagles had shut down Kirk Cousins and come out of there with a win, it still would have been a dumb thing to say. I mean, you don't. One thing that these guys have to be smarter than is is you don't throw any gasoline on a fire here. You don't give. And I, I know people say that all oh, the bulletin board stuff that's overrated. Well, yes, maybe it is, but. Don't why even why even risk that? Why even go there? You know, and and listen, if you're Zach Brown, you got your own issues. Okay, you're not exactly reminding anybody of uh, Lawrence Taylor right now. I mean, you got to get your own house in order before you start talking about other people's players. So, um, I have a feeling that all the coaches have had a conversation with Zach, and I, my sense is that he's probably uh, he's probably shut down the interview booth for the rest of the year, and that's probably a good thing.
Uh, the Eagles are another slow start, Ray, offensively. I mean, they really didn't have the ball that much in the first quarter. Uh, they fell behind double digits again, fifth time in six games. They're really, really missing Deshaun Jackson. It's obvious at this point they're not able to get anything deep. W- what do you do? to? Ch- I mean, hopefully Deshaun, I guess, comes back for the Cowboys game. But but if he isn't, what do you do to try to generate some, some chunk plays, some deep plays? Well, they're, they're manufacturing them with passes to Miles Sanders. I mean, right now, this rookie running back is your represents the only vertical threat you have in your passing game, and that's that's a real problem. I mean, it's you're seeing how much they miss Deshaun Jackson. They don't have anybody else that can represent that same kind of deep threat. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey is fine for what he is, but he's definitely uh, an underneath kind of receiver. I mean, he's averaging uh, seven, eight, nine yards a catch. Uh, you don't have anybody that can take that that big chunk play down the field. So they've kind of created these seam routes for Sanders to get him isolated on linebackers. And they've hit big plays now. Four weeks in a row, they've hit a 30-yard-plus pass to the running back, which isn't that easy to do. But you can't live on that. I mean, you can, if, that's, if that's the extent of your if your deep passing game, then you've got problems. Now, they, I'm sure they can't get Jackson back soon enough. I mean, they really do want to have that. But you mentioned the slow starts. Yeah, it's a big concern. Uh, but I think everybody's focusing on the fact that there's a slow start in terms of the offense, which, yeah, that's pretty obvious. They're just not scoring points in the first quarter. But the other, but what compounds it is the defense is playing poorly in the first quarter. You know, while you're struggling to score, the other team's scoring points. So once you finally get your offense in gear in the second quarter, you're down 10 points or 14 points. And it's tough to dig out of that hole every week in the NFL. Sometimes you can do it, but you can't do it weekly. So yeah, the first quarter is an issue, but it's a first quarter on both sides of the ball because, yes, we all know the offense isn't scoring points, but the defense isn't stopping anybody in the first quarter either. Yeah, well said, Ray. And I heard you yesterday on the NBC Sports Philadelphia Eagles postgame live show about Doug's decision to go for the fake field goal late in the second quarter, and you basically you you flat out called it beyond stupid. Uh, so I ask why, and I agree with you, why, why was that such a bad decision by Doug? I think Doug was trying to he was trying to find a little bit of the same magic that he had with Philly Special. You know, he was back in that building and he thought at the end of the first half I can dial up a little more magic here and it'll work just as well. Well, there's a risk and reward element to everything and to me this just wasn't worth it. That this play could have if you look at it, I mean it can it can go wrong so many more ways that it can go right. And in that, in, in, when you when you're faced with that situation, then you're best off just let's just take the three points and go to halftime. Um, and his explanation for, well, we thought that we could get the pass to Goddard and he could get out of bounds, and well, that's a lot of ifs right there. You're asking, you know, you're you're asking a kicker to make that decision with the ball in his hands. You're asking him to throw the ball. You're asking Goddard to get open, and you're asking Goddard to not only catch the ball but get out of bounds. Uh, what happens if he gets tackled in? What happens if they complete it? and he gets tackled inbounds. You have no timeouts. You can't stop the clock. Your offense is off the field. You're going to have to run the offense on the field. You're going to be able to do all that, line up and kick a field goal in 12 seconds, even if you complete the pass. No, to me, there's a, Doug is a very aggressive coach. We all know that. And he makes aggressive decisions during the games. And sometimes they work, and I largely applaud him for being aggressive because I think it's part of his personality and the team's personality. But you always have to weigh that against you know, what's the better option? What are our chances of pulling this off? And yesterday, in that situation, that was not the time to run that kind of play. Let's just take the three points, go in at halftime, come out and get the ball to start the second half, and then go from there. I just, 
I just didn't think the play was particularly well designed, and I just thought the, the likelihood that it was going to fail was certainly greater than the likelihood that it would succeed. And Ray, despite everything that's going wrong with the Eagles, they're, they're catching the Cowboys at kind of a good time. Cowboys losing three in a row, lost to the Jets yesterday. The Jets hadn't won a game all season. How much, is, how much, of, a, how much of a must-win situation is next Sunday night at Dallas? I think it pretty much is. If if you're really talking about taking this season into the postseason and actually having to run it, I I think you you have to win this game. Um, Because the way things are shaping up in the NFC East, it looks like I don't know that you're going to get more than one team to come out of the East to go to the playoffs. I think if if you're in the NFC East and you're talking about going to the playoffs, you've got to think in terms of winning the division. I don't know that anybody's going to have that second-place team is going to have a good enough record to get in as a wild card. So you've got to win the division. And you, you got to win you, your head up against this other team. You got to win this game, and it's it's a little disturbing when you look in terms of down the road. If you even are thinking in terms of a wild card, you know you've now lost head-to-head games against teams like Detroit and now Minnesota, who could figure into that down the line that they could be teams that you'd be vying with, and so you're already behind the eight ball within your own conference. So you got to think about winning the division, and to win the division, you're going to have to beat this team and. You know the one the one good thing about it, if there's a silver lining to this, is right now the Cowboys might be playing as worse than you are. I mean, the Cowboys haven't beaten a good team yet, and they have a lot of problems going on right now. But if you look at the try, look at the big picture. Yeah, I mean, this game next Sunday is. I mean, it's big with a capital B. I totally agree with you, Ray. Looking forward to breaking down and previewing that game Friday morning with you right here on KYW News Radio. Thanks as always for coming on. We'll talk to you Friday. All right, look forward to it, David. Thank you. Take care, Ray. Hall of Famer Ray Dinger of WIP and NBC Sports Philadelphia.